Hello and welcome to Bread and Thread, a podcast about food and domestic history. I'm Liz. I'm Hazel. We are two friends who studied archaeology together and love history. So what have you been making or baking? Uh, not so much baking. Although, oh, okay, I did bake the other day. Baked a good one. <laughs> it was a uh, Victoria sandwich. But because we are like being hit in the face by strawberry season over here, um, it's great. My mum's got like this patch of strawberries because had a couple of strawberry plants like a few years ago and then she kind of went eh, I'll just let them do whatever and now we have like a, a full bed of strawberries yeah so, strawberries are one of the aggressive ones aren't they they are like surprisingly aggressive whatever image you have of strawberries being nice and sweet they're absolute maniacs <laughs> they are delicious and because of all the sun there's just loads so it's it's strawberry central here at the moment. So I made a Victoria sandwich, uh, except I put all fresh strawberries in the middle, and then I made an elderflower icing. It was Ooh. delicious. Um, yeah, and also I finished making a dress that I started five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> How many moons ago is that? I don't know. Many moons. <laughs> many moons indeed. Um, I, I like I can think of it I can think of four places that you've lived between then and now. That's a lot of transporting a half-made dress. Yeah, well that's the thing. I started it and then I got because it was third year and I had a lot to do and I got a bit overwhelmed. And moved, then I moved again, then I went abroad <laughs> for a couple of years. So I never really finished it. But I, I broke out the sewing machine again the day. It took me until like two months of lockdown. But I was finally <laughs> like right. Gonna confront this. It is so time. I got Betty out. <laughs> Betty's my sewing machine. Very good. Um, <laughs> to belong to my grandma. As an Elizabeth, um, I approve. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a. You've got to give things a personality, you know. Um, named after my grandma, actually. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I got it finished in a couple of days, which was. Get it. Actually, I don't know why, but with sewing, I just kind of work myself up because I think it's going to be really difficult. Then, because there are so many steps, you know. But then, when you actually break it down, not too bad. So, yeah, that's great. And now I have a bright blue dress with tiny skull and crossbones on it. Amazing! Please, will you tweet a picture of this dress? I need this. <laughs> I will. It's. From a distance, it looks like flowers, and then you get closer, and you're like, "Oh, it's pirates!" And it was in a jersey knit fabric, so it's comfy. Ooh. I am the comfiest piratist lady that you ever will see. What have you been making? Um, so I finally broke out the milk cotton that you bought me. Oh yeah! So I now have the world's softest socks. <gasps> Sounds amazing. And was constantly making cheesy feet jokes because of them containing milk. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think they actually was actually milk in it. I thought it was some kind of like mistranslation, but there is actual milk protein. It's straight up milk, yeah. <laughs> I wow, are you enjoying your milk feet? I am. I mean, it's been quite warm, so I've not really worn them much, but they feel very good, and that this is from a person who loathes socks. 
But I've also made some pink limeade. Ooh. Because limeade is superior to lemonade. And pink lemonade is great. So logically, it was going to be good. And it's really hey. good. That's going to be the next um, Patreon bonus recipe. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. Because I've had your lemonade, which was delicious. But, like, anyway. Hmm. Sounds so refreshing. Mm. So, yeah, l listen to the end for the Patreon information if you want to learn to make pink limeade. Oh, yeah, I know I will. <laughs> I hope you'll listen. I'm going to teach you about peanuts. <laughs> No, I normally just log off once you're finished talking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'm ready to learn about peanuts. Okay, so peanuts are one of those things that people have been eating forever. We think they were domesticated probably about nine or 10,000 years ago. That's a long time ago. So they're pretty much as old as the concept of domestication. <laughs> I mean, that's like Neolithic levels of domestication. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have been eating peanuts forever, or at least South America has, because that's where they're from. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, it's one of these things that was, um, was brought back um, by conquistadors. Uh. Um, so it's now actually, yeah, it replaced in parts of Africa um, something called the Bambara groundnut, um, which is like a peanut in a lot of ways because basically peanuts aren't nuts because, okay. because of the seed pod development. I don't remember the exact details, but it's to do with the plant ovaries. It's a legume okay. rather than a nut because its ovaries don't harden. Oh, I see. Um, so oh, you've got I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna start telling me peanuts were a fruit or something. I was ready to be shook. I mean, if they're a legume, they're a vegetable. But then every plant that we eat is kind of a vegetable. Botany is weird and confusing. <laughs> Much like everything else in life. I mean, considering that it's a, the seed pod, you could argue that it's a fruit. But it doesn't have the flesh, and I don't know if the flesh is required for it to be a fruit. No, are peanuts a fruit? Discuss. I, I didn't dive that deeply into, into the taxonomy. <laughs> um, but yes, the Bambara groundnut, which also develops uh, seed pods, um... That are very similar to the peanut one um, in the ground, which is apparently where peanuts develop. They develop in the ground. Hmm. This is weird. I didn't know this. And it kind of blew my mind a little bit. It's like when you learn where cashews come from. Oh, wait, where do the cashews come from? They grow on apples. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've well, not actual of... apples, but yeah. Like there, they grow out of a fruit, right? Mm. Uh, they're, they're like an external weird. seed of the cashew fruit. It's really mm. weird. But they replaced the Bambara groundnut in West Africa and is now like a staple crop. 
did they replace it? Is it better? Um, I think they just grow a bit. They're like e a bit easier to cultivate. Okay. Um, and obviously we know that the peanuts are huge in East Asia. Like we've all had things like uh, satay, which is a peanut sauce, or things cooked in peanut oil. Which is why sort of people with peanut allergies tend to avoid East Asian. <laughs> makes sense. Um, but I most I mostly want to talk about peanuts um, because of George Washington Carver. Because um, obviously there's a lot happening in the world at the moment, and I wanted to highlight a black person who's relevant to the stuff we talk about. You might have heard of George Washington Carver as the person that invented peanut butter. I hadn't, but I'm very interested. Um, which he didn't actually do. <laughs> but he did something cooler, and I will explain. <gasps> There's something cooler than inventing peanut butter? Yes. Um, so peanuts were grown basically as cheap animal feed for a long time in the US. Just because, like I say, it's fairly easy to cultivate. You just kind of dig it up and chuck it in the animal pen afterwards. Um, but they, because they're legumes, they have in their roots this specific kind of bacteria, which renews the nitrogen in the soil. So traditional agriculture, you have crop rotation where you leave one f field empty for a year so it can grow back, sort of regain the nutrients. But you can plant pea plants and things like that, which will actually add nitrogen back into the soil because of this bacteria. Um, okay. So he basically figured out that if we can popularize peanuts as like a food crop, um, he also talked about using uh, sweet potatoes and other legumes, but peanuts was the main one. Then we don't have to have fallow fields. We can be growing food in every field every year, like actual That's human food. Sounds like a really useful idea. And he also worked really hard on um, promoting the actual consumption of peanuts as well as the planting in them, which is probably where the idea that he invented peanut butter comes from. But George Washington Carver was such a badass. So former slave, um, got into multiple prestigious places that then wouldn't let him study because he was black. Oh. Ended up um, working with the Department of Agriculture um, and was praised by people like Teddy Roosevelt for this peanut revelation. <laughs> And is actually one of the few Americans to become a member of the Royal Society in England. Oh, no way. 
So I like the phrase peanut revelation. Like I, it sounds very cool to be the person who is famous for having started a peanut revelation. Oh, absolutely. Because the thing is, inventing peanut butter, not actually that big of a deal. Pre-Columbian civilizations were using, were eating peanut butter. But he popularized. Pardon? You can make a butter. You can make a butter out of any nut, right? Well, yeah, because it's it's just you crush the nuts, the oil comes out, you mix it up so it emulsifies. Yeah. That's it. So like, we don't have definite evidence, but it's pretty likely that we've been eating peanut butter for as long as we've been eating peanuts. But the fact that he basically revolutionized American agriculture with all of this by necessity pretty much self-taught information that he had is incredible. And because yeah, of that, we now have things like um, Plum Peanut, which is, Sorry? it's um, peanut butter in individual serving packets that is given to, um, malnourished people quite a lot because it has a lot of calories and a lot of fat and a uh, lot of protein. Okay. So, like, goodness knows how many lives he saved just by making, sort <laughs> of reinvigorating this awareness of peanut butter. Making peanuts a thing. Yeah. Thank him for your oh. Reese's Pieces and thank him for saving so many lives. <laughs> I need the second one, actually. Also the first one. But also he was ahead of his time in that he tried to make peanut milk a thing. <laughs> oh, wow. He developed a couple of different patent medicines involving peanut, which obviously they were patent medicines. They weren't medicine. But he was very into the idea of nut milk. I mean, that doesn't sound like it would be bad for you. I don't have the exact ingredients of his patent medicines, unfortunately, but they probably they probably weren't doing everything that was being claimed just because patent medicines uh, are like that. <laughs> it's probably not going to cure your uh, consumption, but that milk is probably not going to be bad, unless you have peanut allergies, I guess. Well... Yeah, there is that issue. <laughs> but in general... I mean, did people understand allergies at the time? Um, so this would have been... The 20s was when he patented various things. Okay. Um, so it's possible. Hmm. Um... Cool. I, I do love medical history. I'm not hugely up on when allergies were discovered. <laughs> I, I mean, for a long he... time, if you were allergic to something, you basically just died. Yeah, either you died or you worked out for some reason that thing makes you sick. Yes. Well, yeah, I feel like the approach is like, like people with lactose intolerance. You either avoid it or you power through. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. 
is George Washington Carver particularly well known in America today or um yeah he's when you get sort of things of here's some cool black Americans that people can think of he generally appears quite high up as the inventor of peanut butter okay which honestly I feel is giving him kind of a raw deal yeah, that's, that's kind like, of not the coolest what, thing. What he's famous for crushing some nuts, which he didn't <laughs> What he actually did, revolutionise agriculture. <laughs> he, he crushed those land reforms instead. He, yeah, he was a very cool man. And peanuts are very cool. cool. Yeah. So, Can you tell me more about the Royal Society thing? Um, so because of the developments that he made, um, and also he invented a peanut-based stain? Like he invented a paint? Huh. Um, so it's actually the Royal, the Royal Society of Art um, rather than the Royal Academy. Okay. Um, which confused me, but I mean, I guess they decided that farming was more art than science. I mean, I, I guess the older definition of arts includes a lot of stuff. It's yeah, and this was 1916. Yeah. So it's a lot more fluid, I think, was the definition of science in 1916. <laughs> Yeah, probably. That's cool. I mean, is there anything this man cannot invent from a peanut? He cannot invent a tuberculosis cure. You joked about TB. I checked. <laughs> there was a medicine for TB. Oh, no. Oh, medicine in giant quote marks. <laughs> okay, so there's one thing. That's pretty, that's pretty rad, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't really take off. Um, <laughs> but there was also um, Carveline, an antiseptic hair oil made of peanut oil and lanolin. Oh my goodness. It's, yeah, none of his inventions really took off. <laughs> just, just stick to farming. You're doing a great job there. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the agriculture reforms, amazing. Mm. That lanolin hair oil. Well, I mean the lan the lanolin part was probably helpful as someone with eczema. Lanolin is a miracle substance. I'm yeah, not really sure what the peanut oil would have added beyond like. Imagine if you were allergic. Focus. Imagine if you're allergic to both peanuts and lanolin, though. That wouldn't be ideal. <laughs> That's my hot take. It would be less than ideal. <laughs> you know, I'm inclined to agree with you that it probably wouldn't be a lot of fun. Have you ever wanted to see a tripe monster? Do you want to know what happens when you compress an egg? We don't have these answers. Or that.
Do you want to truly understand the tripe monster from space? Do you want to know what happens when you compress an egg? We don't have the answers to these questions, but we do have a podcast about bad and weird films. Pod 9 from Outer Space. Starring me, Nick, and Liz, who is not me. Hello, I'm Mod, I'm Mod Paper from Probably Bad RPG Ideas, and we have a podcast. If you'd like to hear RPG advice on how to use assorted incredibly bad ideas as actual ideas in an actual game, then listen to the Probably Bad podcast, available on pretty much every podcatcher. And remember to have a probably bad day. Okay, today's local larder is strawberry shortcake. Uh, I was a bit inspired by... <laughs> so, I was a bit inspired by the strawberry abundance at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, strawberry shortcake is a pretty well-known dessert. Um, it's not a cake. <laughs> well, not really. Um, it's more like sometimes it's kind of like a scone, sometimes a bit more like a biscuit um, with like cream and strawberries, fresh strawberries on top. And it's delicious. So, shortcake itself is kind of debatable um i think <laughs> a lot of the time it's it's more like shortbread you know like the kind of shortbread like and then it's halfway between a cake and a biscuit it's like crumbly yes a bit less crunchy than shortbread necessarily um it's called shortcake because of the shortening very traditionally you add a lot of fat to bread or to cakes or biscuits, it makes them really crumbly um, or like short. So Am I right in thinking shortening is like lard? Yeah, it's like lard or I guess spit maybe. Um, that's that's just fat, isn't it? Um, but yeah, basically, if you're adding lard to it, then you get this really crumbly cake or biscuit. Um. So, oh, just to be clear, because this is going to come up later and it's very confusing. Um, when I talk about a scone, in America, that's a biscuit. But in the UK, a biscuit is... A like, cookie. Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> a cookie is specifically like a chocolate chip cookie. Anyway. <laughs> So when I'm talking about thing. <laughs> yeah, when I'm talking about scones, I mean like the kind of kind of dense sweet cake. Things. Um, <laughs> so strawberries have actually been cultivated a long time. Strawberries were cultivated by the Romans as far back as 200 BC. Um, they would have been derived from the wild strawberry, which if you've ever had a wild strawberry, they are amazing. They're like tiny, 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 and they're so sweet. But obviously, 
you need a lot of them to get any significant amount of strawberries. So the strawberry was cultivated into what we have today, which is the big juicy berry. Um, although technically strawberries aren't a berry. I found that out. No, they're a droop sack. They're a what? A droop. I did not know that was a thing. They're a droop. Okay. <laughs> so strawberries are a droop, apparently. <laughs> because the seeds are on the outside. <laughs> so it's, it's not a real berry. <laughs> uh, so strawberries... Uh, like a lot of things, are considered an aphrodisiac in the olden days. And they used to be served to newlyweds. Um, I'm pretty sure they are actually not. They are delicious. <laughs> and so we get references to the term shortcake appearing from about the mid-16th century in old cookbooks. And the original shortcake is thought to be like a much more biscuity kind of thing, like a very thin and hard crumbly type cake. Um, but it's kind of grown into more of a scone. Or do you get, yeah, so shortcake and then shortbread. We have it in the UK, which... Um, I guess it's most famously associated with Scotland, which is like mm -hmm. hard and crunchy. Sorry, I just cor correction for editing. It's not a droop. Um, blackberries and stuff are droops. These are mm -hmm. aggregate accessory fruits. Ah, <laughs> nice. So I don't, I don't know how you want to edit that. If you just want to take out me saying droop, but please make me sound less stupid. <laughs> it's. I mean. You're already smarter than me for like knowing things that are not berries. <laughs> Please fix um. it, Nick Lake. <laughs> but yes, sorry. <laughs> so, what cake evolved into this kind of more cakey type thing? but still a dense cake. Um, and strawberry shortcake, as we know it, kind of became a thing in America, I think. Around the 1840s, it started to pop up as a, a dessert in layers of like shortcake and cream and strawberries. Probably because there are a lot of strawberries being grown in the south and cream are delicious and then also like scones or biscuits are a southern thing I think so uh, that kind of amalgamated into this delicious strawberry shortcake dessert that's pretty um, cool so it's it's quite sort of I mean with the lard as well it's quite a working class dessert <laughs> Yeah, it's quite a. Um... So we've got some lard. We've got this plant that's everywhere. <laughs> there apparently is a version of it that was is not so popular now, but used to be quite popular in the American South, which is like 
bit of a thin biscuity almost pastry like cake being used which i guess is closer to the original version um so yeah it's basically like okay well normally make this like cake or biscuit anyway and we've got strawberries so let's just make a thing <laughs> that's wonderful and the thing turned out to be delicious so yeah that's all so presumably you could theoretically have because i mean i've only ever heard of strawberry shortcake but presumably you could have any kind of shortcake just put different fruit on it oh yeah i mean i guess most famous being strawberries because it just kind of I think it goes really well together being like the bliss of the shortcake and then juicy sweetness of strawberries um, mm. plus like strawberries and cream so you get like the crunch and the soft sweetness and everything but yeah technically any fruit on it awesome creative So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, if you have an episode suggestion or a local larder or just want to say hi, you can email breadandthreadpodcast at gmail.com or, or tweet at breadandthread. Sorry, you normally say the tweet bit, don't you? <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure. Do you want to do the Patreon? <laughs> That's a bit late. <laughs> We're also on Patreon as and thread where you can find recipes and instructional videos and our discord chat so thank you for listening and we'll see you next time